Okay, guys. Um, item number one on the podcast. We need to solve my uh, problems. All of them. Do we have anything to sync this stuff together? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we need a one, two, three snap. <laughs> <laughs> now that we can actually see each other, maybe it would be a little easier. The funny thing about that is the human error element in that is, uh, I believe, too great to overcome. You know, you can say that when you're talking about people who you don't like very much, but you like us. Yeah. We've never made a human error. We've never, never made, made a human error. Right. <laughs> That's why we're 22 minutes into this and we haven't started recording yet. No, I, I've, started, I've started recording. I, I, I'm recording. Is everyone? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop touching oh, my computer. I'm recording. Um, just so you know, because uh, I'm trying something new right now, uh, every once in a while, if one of those notifications gets through on my computer, you guys are super quiet for me. And everything else is completely peaking. So it's like any notification is the loudest sound in my ears. Um, it makes me forget I'm alive. I'm well, that's going to be really fun since we're communicating via Gchat. I muted Gchat, my man. I put on Do Not Disturb. My I put mom. in so... You're, you can make it your goal to scare me, but I put up walls. My phone is the motherfucking Fort Knox of technology. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. What, real, what this really is, it's a test of just how many notification type thing. Because that's always the first thing I do is turn that shit off. Yeah. Like whenever yeah. I download an right. app or whenever I, I, I like, it, you know, there was one time when face boobs started, like, uh, started making noises when I messaged them. Um or when people would message me and I just okay, immediately I was, like, was like it'd be really funny if Facebook was like hey you just sent a message Bring. <laughs> good job <laughs> we want to create positive reinforcement so you can be a good model citizen in the new Facebook era <laughs> you oh know, my god how scary uh, so we're sponsored today by Facebook uh, <laughs> you better fucking sponsor us Facebook you better fucking sponsor us <laughs> I'm going to tell all Facebook. my friends on Facebook. Facebook already is sponsoring all or, of our lifestyles, really. Because, I mean, how, how could we succeed without the benevolent Zuckerberg uh, as our benefactor and uh, us as his patrons? All hail right Zuckerberg. To everyone loves. True. For. Me. <laughs> I was like, I was looking at you doing that, and I was like, okay, wait, is he syncing? What's, what's happening? Every once in a while, guys, thing? I'm going to do a sync. I'm going to do a syncing countdown. Ready? Three. Just a random. Oh. Two. One. I'm syncing! <laughs> um, thankfully, oh boy. if my little, my little Trixies are working, um... Hmm. <laughs> they're not <laughs> none of this is gonna work i'm not even recording if they work syncing all of this are stuff, you not recording of course i'm recording oh. oh okay good you record everything we're good we're good little millennials we record all of the things you know okay no, something i've been wanting to talk about for about five about seconds when you just said that um is why why do we call it documenting isn't that weird like i mean it's like 
no one was like, was Leonardo da Vinci? He's like, whoa, whoa, you know, I'm going to document this. I'm going to paint a painting to document what's going on. You know, I feel like maybe prior to audio and video and all that, documents were the only way to keep track of stuff. <laughs> and it's sort of like the way that, you know, we tape things. I mean, we don't use tape anymore to record anything. Right. I mean, everything's kind of an artifact of its time. It would be cool if, like, one of the artifacts of that time was just like, yeah, let's cave paint that. Yeah, cave paint that for later, uh, the uh, <laughs> quarterly reports, and uh, we'll get back to it. The caveman meetings. <laughs> but, they, but they didn't, I mean, they weren't thinking about it in such a pragmatic term. It's just that that's the term that we've applied to it after the fact is that they were yeah. documenting like like when the with the um, uh, uh, with the Italian Renaissance, they weren't going, OK, we are conscientiously shifting our artistic uh, gaze <laughs> from impressionistic to realistic. And it will it will influence every facet of, of art that we do from from plays to paintings to music of the time like they weren't it's not like they were like okay this is the thing that we're going to do now i think that's like a 20th 21st century thing where it's like okay well all these different types of art have been done before so let's what what hasn't been done before but what if what if it was what they were doing in the renaissance like one guy was like you know what you know what we fucking need yeah we need a motherfucking renaissance up in here. We're going to yeah, start this shit. Everybody's stupid and shit. We got to start getting smart. <laughs> we got to start painting pretty stuff. We got to start writing smart things. Yeah, we got to have a philosophy that works for everybody and not just for the kings. Um, and uh, that's really what this show is trying to do. Wait, wait, is that, the, is that how you define the renaissance? Is that it was the birth of a philosophy that works for everybody, not just the kings? Is that, that's yeah. a, that's the renaissance. Works That's for everybody, not just the was. kings anymore. Not just, not just the L.A. kings. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope you guys. I mean, I, I sent you guys each a book about the renaissance so that we could talk about it for an hour. You guys, you totally read that, right? Yep, that's what we're discussing today. Yeah. Hey everyone, yeah. this is Content Lacking, a podcast about the renaissance. I'm Matt Zilber, the Donatello of the group. I'm Peter DePaulo, the George Foreman. Of Leonardo da Vinci's of the crew. <laughs> I'm, I'm Evan Crockett, and I'm the stunned that Peter didn't bring his Italian heritage into that member of the group. <laughs> there it is. I bring my Italian heritage to everything, motherfucker. It's just in my voice. <laughs> I don't have to point it out. Hey, let me just uh, let me just do I, some little uh, sound effects here. Let me just go ahead and open that book that you sent me, Evan. Turn, turn. Oh, you guys don't get the benefit of this. Just so you know, the audience does, though. Oh, that's a, that's a nice, uh, that's a nice page I'm looking at there. Let me turn to another page. <laughs> I like, magic cards. I like watching Macklin, and I just, just let you tank on that. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Just Macklin. I just was able to watch Macklin go, I'm not going to help him out of this. Are you? And then I'm kind of like, mm-mm. Yeah. It's, it's what I imagine you guys are doing anyways when I try things, but it's even better because I can watch you guys react. <laughs> it's and just for, it's a great two levels of not making sense for those listening on the uh, podcast he was holding yeah. up magic the gathering cards <laughs> yeah, old and for those, magic the gathering cards although but they weren't on the frame <laughs> yeah but, but it will, there will be a video available for our gold level patreon members 
Um, yeah, so for just a one premium subscription to Facebook, you'll become a gold level member. And <laughs> yeah, find us on Facebook Workplace because that's a thing now. <laughs> Wait, uh, is yeah, that really we're a thing? selling a lime What's... blue Jeep. Some people call it some people call it blue green, but Facebook invented a new color, lime blue, and it's it is just we're all looking at it right now. We're in we're in yeah. the Jeep. It's beautiful. Oh boy, lime lime blue. Oh my God, that's the greatest. I fucking love you, Mac. So out of the left side of this hey, Jeep, he, we he, what? <laughs> Out of the left side of this jeep, we can see uh, the dinosaurs uh, peacefully at play. And uh, while the films have suggested that a park filled with uh, reincarnated dinosaurs would be dangerous, as you can see, it's quite lucrative and uh, relatively easy to. Um, oh, I think we just killed Peter. No, I'm doing dinosaur sounds while you're do. While you, while I'm I'm foleying for you, dude. I've got your back, dude. Mm, hashtag no sounds. Hashtag fully swollen. I was I was getting into character. <laughs> and and if you tweet like... at us with a hashtag fully swollen, you too can have your name be the next Foley effect. Last week, Gerard Butler tweeted at us uh, with hashtag fully swollen, and now he will be the dinosaur sounds for today. Oh, subscriber, subscriber of the week. Butler. Do you guys know that Gerard yeah, Butler job, is? Jerry Butler. Jared Butler is a Pokemon. Um, so he only says his own name. Pokemon rules. Mm-mm. Nope. Who did he? He likes Ahi Tuna Poke. Hey, you know what, guys? I thought we were gonna yes and each other, Evan. I'm gonna yes and you. I don't need you to yes and me. No. I'm gonna yes and you by yes. saying no to myself. You're right. I'm gonna You're know. Right. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a I'm gonna send you a heart. There it is. I need and I'm you. Send you? No, I. Okay, yes. What to you know yourself, so that you can yes me. Did you see that play on words there that I, Max said, but I repeated more dramatically <laughs> to steal from him. I'm gonna. <clears throat> I'm gonna introduce a grading system. <laughs> no, All right, well, our first term paper for grading is uh, a advice column from the New York Times that I saw on a Facebook ad the other day. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm seeing the, this. Yeah, one of the strangest things that I'll see on Facebook because the New York Times thinks that I'm a fan is they'll send me, like, their sex advice columns as a Facebook ad. Like, hey, you like the New York Times? I bet you'll like this sort of raunchy, edgy column that you wouldn't expect would be in the New York Times. But because it's the old gray lady of a paper, it has a tendency to kind of like answer the questions in a very conservative, old, stodgy New York Times way. And so I found this question fascinating. Um, a reader asks, my wife is done with sex. Can I turn elsewhere? And essentially he describes a situation in which his wife's around 60. She has said that she's no longer interested in sex for the rest of her life. And uh, she is completely okay with him seeking a friendly but not competitive sexual relationship elsewhere, which seems fine And you know, 2018. Mm. Until you get to the New York Times' response. Only, only this year. What do you mean? Only this year. Prior to this year, 60-year-old men were SOL if their wife didn't want to have sex anymore. Um, and his complaint is, you know, when he put up an online dating profile, a lot of people thought he was a dirty old man. They thought he was cheating, even though he had his wife's permission. Like, And he's asking what he should do here. And, you know, maybe the New York Times should give him some advice about how to find a woman. 
Incorrect. Instead, the New York Times says uh, marital vows should not, in ordinary circumstances, be subject to renegotiation. But you have taken your wife's declaration to mark a departure from ordinary circumstances. Um, so you have to find a partner who's okay with your situation. That may be difficult, given the attitudes of the women on your dating site. You refer to having your wife's permission. Some of your respondents may have wondered whether she really felt she had a choice. But presumably, you've decided that her consent was in fact full-hearted and freely given. So first of all, right there, it's interesting that the New York Times sort of just mm. assumes that he's lying about having his wife's consent. But they finish with, um, or you could find a, a site that caters to those in open relationships, I worry a bit, they say. Sexual desire can addle the brain, and even if your wife genuinely accepts the opening of your relationship, you don't know where an affair might lead. This may be an argument for the sin of Onan, where there's only yourself to fall in love with. Sexual <laughs> so desire can Times, the brain. Yeah, the New York Times suggests that this man who has full what permission to engage in an open relationship should instead only masturbate for the rest of his life, and they refer to it as the sin of Onan because they presumably have editorial guidelines that don't let them call it that. What's the, what is the sin of Onan? I know the and sin onanism of is like an old school term for masturbation. I know the sin of Ronin. That's when you try to cut your own hand off while masturbating to increase the the the. the <laughs> I know the sin of shonen. That's where you animate a modern manga series while masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I know the sin of. I, Boo. I, failed. I failed. I get a D on that one. I got like a C minus, so we're in the I'll same bot. bot it's okay. Bot. We're, we're robot. Bot. 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 Um, well, that's that's weird. What a weird. Um, what an interesting article. I mean, this what guy weird world. calls himself the ethicist, the the person who um, who responded to this is, is the ethicist. The Quant ethicist, I think. Oh, ethicist, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kwame, I'm the most ethic. ethicist. Uh, I like Kwame ethicist. Anthony Apia considers readers ethical. Oh, okay, so it's so it's like specifically about ethics, but that's such a like, I don't know, man. That that's such. He's. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what? Why was this guy looking for advice, though? You know, I mean, clearly, I think this guy has. Uh, has maybe not doubts about it, but maybe um, well, he's got to have some semblance of doubt. Otherwise, why would he respond to, or why would he ask the ethicist of New York Times for advice on this? Right. Right. But what's interesting is it seems like what he's asking for advice on is more how he can find that relationship. <laughs> I mean, he says at the end, my situation is not unique. However, there seems to be no pathway to address the ageism and biblical rigidity of a society that but spends that, billions on youthfulness and neuroticism. But is that the, the duty of the ethicist? Like, <laughs> that is if, true. If the, dude, the dude wants to get laid. I right. mean, he wants, he wants to go to pound town. Uh, and he, you know, he's he's in his sixties ostensibly, and his and his wife doesn't want to go to Pound Town anymore. And he's, you know, I mean, wh why why is he going to the ethicist for advice on that? He, what he really should be doing is is going to like a like a sex column, you know? 
or a sex colony. Yeah, or, or a sex, sex colony, or, or like Doctor Drew. Mm-hmm. Or you or, could ask or us. Doctor. I think. Or Doctor Dre. I mean, that's pretty good for picking up ladies. I, that is yeah, true. Yeah. I would assume. I don't really know. I don't know anything about Doctor Dre other than that. That's his name, and that he is a rapper. <laughs> Not nah, producer. Really son. Well, he was a rapper. Doc, Doc Dre. Yeah. Doc Dre's bigger in the business rather than in the in the tracks. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that okay. rhymed with business and meant track, but I just thought of shizness, yeah. and I'm like, that's just stupid. <laughs> We're just a bunch of dumb fucking idiots. <laughs> oh, no, no. No, you're beautiful. Well, you, okay. Anyway, no, but but this this guy, yeah, I mean, so that's why I think he must have some sort of moral quandary about mm. it because why would he why is he asking for advice from the ethicist? He must have some feelings of either resent um not resentment, uh, uh reservation like he must have some reservation about it or, or maybe he's just looking for somebody else to tell him like Hey, dude, your wife is cool with it. So you know what? I'll be that guy. Hey, dude, because I'm the only I'm the only married one of the three of us. Okay. Well, excuse me. That we know of. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got a lot of people. Their citizenship. Okay. Oh God. For those Where's, who are listening in the podcast, Peter is currently kind of throwing some ill hand gestures to uh, <laughs> do a little victory lap around yeah, that joke. Yeah. Yo, i gotten so many people their visas. I'm talking Season green food. card marriage. I'm talking, I'm talking blue, blue card marriage. Blue. I'm talking, I'm talking, red. I run on the pitch of the soccer game, I get yellow cards. I get red cards. I'm talking, I get those lime blue cards our day. <laughs> the lime blue cards. <laughs> hey, the lime blue card says, I guess you can stay for now. <laughs> Isn't that like what all, I mean, that's what, that's, that's what these, let's, hey, let's talk about something really political right now. <laughs> no, no. Where's the, where's the symbol? Where's the goose? Um, so yeah, I Googled onanism after <laughs> we have brought it up. Wait. And we're not done talking about the thing. Ooh, I was just going to say, I googled onanism when okay, we brought right, it up, yeah. by the way, and I had sent you guys over a picture that the first thing that came up on Google is a thing that says, is masturbation a sin? And then in big <laughs> red letters, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. No doubt about it. So, it's a, here's oh, my two be cents. fun on the audio. Sorry, everybody. Here's my two cents on this guy. I've got a little bit of an old-fashioned view on relationships. I think that you go into them in order to learn suffering. And if you... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm half no, kidding. You, I, I have a crazy... You, I do you, have a crazy uh, yeah, you, perspective. We've talked about this before. Check this out. Yeah. The currency of relationships is suffering. So, if... And I... I it sounds really... That's the really currency like, of everything that I do. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds really intense when including, you put it that way. Including and especially this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, this is a comedy podcast. I guess we're in a, the relationship, guys. Hey, this is a comedy <laughs> podcast. The currency of relationships is suffering. All that you do is doomed to fail. This sixty-year-old man is doomed to celibacy for a lifetime. And that's how—that's what she—that's oh the cost. He—he he paid the price when he got married. He knew. No, check that. I do have an explanation. It's a Stoic philosophy, which is that. In order to maintain a relationship that is going to last like through tough things, 
like hard things, you trade in suffering. Like even friendships. Like if you if you're a fair weather friend, somebody gets sick and you're you're peacing out because it's hard. You're not you're not willing to suffer with them. You're not willing to empathize and experience what they're what they're feeling. Or if someone goes through a bad time, you're not willing to take on like you know like help them financially or something. You're not willing to take on a part of their burden. So suffering maybe is a little bit of a of of a of an exaggerated term, but it just sounds really cool to say the currency of relationships is suffering. Right, and there's a theory in international relations like that called costly signaling. Mm. It's basically you know that a country is really legit about what they're saying they're going to do if they're willing to incur costs to themselves to prove that that's the case. And, you know, there's nothing that's more costly signaling than you know I'm going to pick you up from a roadside in San Bernardino at 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> I don't know you, sir, and I live in New York, but thank you. I love you now. <laughs> Thank you for the thought. No, it's it's interesting. Uh, it, you know, my my wife and I were talking about like compromise earlier today, which I think is sort of sort of related. I mean, it's like you there there's a certain level because I think in all relationship there is there is compromise and there mm. is I mean in friendships too, but but definitely in romantic relationships or or when you get married or. Um, even when you're or dating, I mean, marriage, whatever. Mar- anyway, when you're in a relationship with somebody, um, there are compromises, and you kind of, um, you kind of have to. It's up to the the individual. It's up to the person to kind of decide, like, um, at what level are they compromising too much, and then building resentment instead of just. Uh, instead of balancing it out by compromising but also asserting your own needs does that does that kind of make sense yeah. i yeah. think it's like if you're it's not like uh you, you have to know the cost of for every person like like every person like like it say there's a couple i i always think about things because i'm i guess i'm like a little bit left brain but i mm. kind of think about things as like percentages and so i think of my relationship as kind of being like 60 40 like mm. i think i think my wife puts in more work than i do and some <laughs> some week no genuine i i really do like like she's she's the one who's kind of like all right we we've got to be cleaning this week like we like we clean today and and it's just like okay yeah and and i don't mind doing it and i clean roughly half um of the same stuff but she's kind of just she's always the one who's making things kind of nice around me and, I, and I, I try to not take it for granted but so I kind of think it's like okay 60 40 some like some bad weeks and more like 70 30 but there's there's definitely other relationships that I've that I've known where I've seen people and it's like the emotional labor is like 90 10 yeah you know like we all know people like that where it's like that they're they're their significant other is completely like in the driver's seat of that relationship, they al- they almost act like the secretary of of the relationship. Like, oh okay, yeah, we're gonna meet. We're gonna I'm gonna drive you. this relationship. <laughs> I'm oh make me your secretary, girl. Mm. Um, anyway. Peter calls me at like two a.m. and says that to me. It's really like <laughs> it's it's lovely. But yeah, especially because like, usually I'm at the roadside in San Bernardino at that moment. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But how, I how did I know? Be... How do I know every time? How do I know every time? It's like it's like magic. It's like Mac magic. Mac magic. But I wouldn't want to be in a relationship that was like that. You know, for for me, I wouldn't want to be in one that that the emotional labor was either all on me or I wasn't even allowed to to take on some of that emotional labor. You know what I mean? So, like for this guy, clearly him and his wife have uh, their their expectations have have changed you know like she she's like i don't want to fuck anymore and he's like well i want to continue to yeah i want to continue to fuck so it's it can be liquid you know it has to it has to be able to change over time what's this guy's name in the in article peter's given me peter's given me a peter's given me a look or he's he's given a look to the world i'm giving a look to everybody what's this guy's name i got i got the solution his name is Name Withheld. Okay. Name Withheld? Uh, you can't see this, but I'm looking right into the camera. Uh, and no one will ever see this in the future. But it means a lot to me to look into the camera and tell you yeah, do it. two words, my man. Sex dolls. I just and dropped the he, mic. And then he dropped the microphone. <laughs> Is that the name we all settled on for our new band? <laughs> yeah. Mike sex Trump. dolls? Okay. Oh, sex so dolls. So here's, here's another relationship I wanted to introduce, okay? Um, to make a very smooth transition. All right. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> I'm so happy that I found this. Um, during, during a lot of that, I was looking around, frantically looking for this lost file. Um, this is it. There's a lost episode, by the way, that we may never air, where I actually introduced this concept, but I found the, I found the quote now. Okay. Oh, so the okay, relationship good. is between a boxer and a trainer, <laughs> because CNN put out this really warm-hearted fluff piece about a nine-year-old girl who is like the best nine-year-old girl boxer in the world. You know, she's training, and there's there's like this video of her, and she's all like ducking and waving and punching, and like everyone's like, yeah, go. Um, Number one comment on the article, this guy named Lucas. <laughs> it was upvoted. So I guess people agreed. But Lucas said, she's not a professional boxer. She's underage and wears headgear. She's an amateur. She's a solid amateur, but an amateur nonetheless. And this has really gotten, <laughs> this really gets me going because boxing is a true passion of mine. And when I see a nine-year-old amateur, frankly, who needs headgear, who doesn't know how to keep her shit together, then it just really gets me going because right. people are treating her it's, as if she's like Mike Tyson out there, yeah. or, you know, Andre Ward. It's, yeah, bad for the sport. I mean, it's I'm glad that people it's liked my comment, sport. and I'm glad you brought it up, Peter. But, uh, yeah, it's oh, yeah, really... Oh, yeah, I uploaded uh, it. I, yeah, put it, I thought I thought it thanks said so. everything that I wanted to say. Mac, you know, but yeah. I, as a, I don't have the brains to say it. Right, Lucas got it. He nailed it. And so, Mac, I want to ask you, you know, as a boxer, what are some of your favorite moves? That you, what are your go-to moves, man? Yeah. So, what's uh, your regime? What's your regime? What's your morning uh, re- regime? What's your regime? Yeah. So, so I wake up and it's a monarchy, and then my regime becomes a democracy around 10 a.m. Then about two, it becomes an oligarchy, and then in the evening time, it's uh, just anarchy. By um, Friday, I'm in love. 
<laughs> um, but no, in serious, I mean, my favorite move, so uh, I got this one where uh, I take my right fist right, and I just fucking slam it forward, and it's called what? Punch Town. Um, and uh, when Punch Town sets someone up, then you, you throw uh, the lefty whoopsie doodle right at the left side of their head, and uh, they never see the lefty whoopsie doodle coming. And then finally, you finish them off with the elbow war. Just bring your elbow straight down on their cranium. <laughs> elbow war. It's the strongest move because it's not covered in a glove. Yeah, the elbow war. Uh, Mac, you tried to teach that to me, and I mm. can't walk anymore. <laughs> I tried to teach it to you when you wouldn't wash the dishes in college. We, Peter and I were roommates together for uh, yeah. two years in college. And, uh, Are you guys yeah, were roommates? A lot of elbow wars were uh, executed Which one on. of you, do, do either of you snore? Oh, we, we weren't were, in the same room. We were apartment mates and housemates. I don't think we would oh. still be friends if we lived in the same room. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? Do you think you do you think you're that incompatible? Uh, for the first quarter that we You don't we, think you uh, could sleep in a Do you think you could sleep in a room with a man? Oh no! Well, we slept in rooms with men uh, in our first years in college. Uh, those men are no longer uh, necessarily in each of our respective lives in a major way. I just want to say, Evan, the, the perfect answer yeah. to that question is: depends on the man, depends on the room. <laughs> I just Stop dropped the mic dropping again. Mics. These these That's mics visual are comedy expensive. for for an audio medium. Okay, hey, uh, hey this, is, uh, this is Ira Glass, Patreon. and, uh, you know, can, can you just imagine a hand rising up, slowly, the muscles untense, and a black rod with a bulbous tip falls slowly and then accelerates, due to gravity, down to the ground. That is what we just encountered, a mic drop. That started as Ira Glass, I'm and gonna, it turned I'm into gonna, a weird, like, no, no, 70s no, I, DJ. I I'm I'm pretty I was gonna give you positive feedback. That was a that was a pretty good Ira Glass. <laughs> I don't think I could do an Ira Glass. I think I have too much like dad voice. I'm I'm too like hey stop jumping stop. <laughs> get off <laughs> can, can you do can you do Ira Glass as a dad guy? Like say this is a, this is American this American life welcome to this American life as a dad. Hey uh hey welcome to this American life. <clears throat> Oh God! Oh, sorry, something wrong with my back. Oh, I was working on I was working on the Chevy. <laughs> okay, I wasn't. I honestly wasn't sure if this was part of the bit or if during your <laughs> your bit your yeah, back my, my, started hurting. <laughs> well, I did. I did pop it a couple of. It felt kind of good. Dad, the toaster's broken. Hey, this is American life. This is American life. <laughs> hey, hey, know. hey. Okay, wait a minute. We've gotten. Wait, wait. Uh, Dad. Dad is coming to town. We got way off track of the boxer story. <laughs> <laughs> now, today on because Radio really Lab, we're exploring no. what happened to this American life after Ira Glass was replaced with the Dad Man, and <laughs> why. I'm Jad Abenrod. That was so good. That was so good. But also, that was good NPR voice too. You guys are both good at the. You guys must listen to a lot more NPR than I do. Also, I These like. You guys have that down. I like the dad man. I don't know if you guys read a lot of Neil Gaiman, but that sounds like a character in one of his oh, yeah. books is like the dad man. <laughs> the dad yeah, man yeah. came yeah, to yeah, town. Absolutely. The dad man, and he just embodies every anything and everything that's dad. So he has, he he wears baggy jeans, 
Uh, he has one of those like fabric belts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he 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 loves Tom Petty. Um, oh man, he he plays guitar, but only only three chord blues. He has a forty dollar a watch that he bought for forty dollars that would retail for two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's so specific that that it's a truth. That's the truth. Yeah, that's got to be that's got to be bleep Zilber. I don't. <laughs> no, my, my oh, I dad don't. doesn't wear watches. Uh, on principle, or just yeah. uh, just it <laughs> hasn't happened yet. <laughs> hasn't my found dad the right will one. Not wear watches. I refuse to wear watches. It gets in the way of my amazing saxophone playing. He does have a great sense of time. <laughs> Dude, I would love to meet somebody who was time man, who could who could at any time know exactly what time in every time zone without looking at a phone. <sighs> hey, it's your boy Peter. Uh, I just want to say first and foremost how proud I am that you made it this far. You're in the second episode. You're about halfway through. Wherever I end up cutting this in, that's where you are. And you know what? That's an accomplishment right there. That's something you will be receiving a certificate for. I got through halfway through the second episode. Put it on your resume right now because people will hire you just for having listened to this podcast. Okay, so we don't actually have sponsors. I know when we talk about it, it sounds like we really do. Because, like, Naturebox, um, you know, I think Nike, I think Trojan. I forget who we talked about this episode. But I'm pretty sure, like, if they aren't sponsoring us by now, I mean, boy, they, we must be really hitting their markets. Good. So, uh, but the reason I say that is because the way that you can sponsor us is by simply sharing this with a friend who would even remotely think it's mildly fascinating. Someone who, you know, you think, you know, I laughed, I, I get a little, I got a little chuckle out of this, got a little chucks, and I want to share those chucks with someone else, maybe someone named Chuck. I think that's a nickname for Charles. Chuck or Charles, who, whoever your friend is, Chuck, Charles, Ch- Teresa, 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 or uh, wanna, you know, share them with the chuh sound people, share them with the puh sound people. M- maybe you know some Pete's, maybe you know some pa- pa- uh, pa- pa- I don't know, Patrick's, uh, Patricia's, you know, maybe you know some Martin, Martinez, uh, maybe you know some Margaritas, maybe you know some Mary's. I'm not good at names. I'm not good at coming up with names. But those names that you have on your in your life, you share them with those names. Because my names are kind of BS. Not going to lie. Pretty bad at it. All right. That's all I wanted to say. Keeping it short. I hope you're enjoying, though, really. And thank you for listening. I, I sincerely mean that. Uh, back to the cast. Okay, no one calls it that. They hate it when I say that. And they, I mean, Evan and Mac. But hey, guess what? They don't know I'm recording this by myself. What's up? Producer power once again. Eat it, Evan and Mac. Eat it. All right, you guys enjoy. Boxing comment. I, I, here's, <laughs> I want to go back to the boxing comment because it's like a thing that you, that you've talked about. Can go I on. Respond? <laughs> Can I respond? Yeah, you know, hey. Okay. Well, you the have thing the that, floor, sir. You have the floor, <laughs> sir. Please Thank just don't. Both. Please stop hitting us, sir. <laughs> Dad, man. Okay. Dad, that's, that's terrible. Dad. Dad, I wanted to talk to you about your hitting. You did a hit. <laughs> you did a hit. 
Okay, so so when people when internet commenters, I mean, I I never look at the comment section, and I feel like even me saying that makes me sound so freaking pretentious. But I just I just never really do it. Here's what I do it. I do do it when I'm looking for something to like make fun of or laugh at because it's it's always just ludicrous and ridiculous. Like recently, I've been watching um I've been watching a lot more. Well, I always watch YouTube videos, but I've been watching a, a lot of YouTube videos of like musicians, so people who are just really talented. And like, there was one that I saw recently, and it was this this woman who was doing a like a live loop. Um, do you guys know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know she she starts playing the drums and then she and then she was like um, playing like the the riff from Everlong by Foo Fighters and then mm. she mixed it in with um, uh, with this other seventies song that I've never and I was like oh this is really cool and the woman happened to be conventionally attractive so I and also at the same time well but and but the sound was really good and like she was really talented so i was really impressed but i just i just knew that there was going to be some fucking garbage shit posts in the comments just because like this person is conventionally attractive they're also really talented uh so there's going to be and sure enough i like scroll down to the comments and it's like oh well, you guys just i mean yeah the song's okay but the only reason this has any likes is because of her boobs and whatnot and i'm like i don't know can't you be can't you have both and like can't you let another person express themselves artistically and I feel really put on blast for how all my top comments are just our topics of conversation today. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to also say, Evan, uh, you wrote you wrote her name down, right? I mean, I mean, did, did you get did you get those digits? Yeah, you got those the, digits. Uh, you know, the YouTube URL what is backslash four one five. What is her name? So when you I liked one of her things. When you turn sixty. I recommend you go to the YouTube comment section of that video, and in all caps, you write, Where are you (laughs) in the world? Where are you? I think your name's Emily something. I don't know. Do you actually want the name? I can try to find it. I was just setting myself up for a very stupid callback joke. (laughs) No, that was was good. Oh, thank you. Because that that absolutely is what... uh, I mean, I I had my own sixty-year-old moment yesterday where I inadvertently texted. Uh, I was trying to text my wife, and I ended up texting my whole family. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the context of what a sixty-year-old moment was, of what we were talking about, I was really nervous when you uh, had a sixty-year-old moment when a young lady walked by me, and the New York Times said, "Keep it, keep keep it in your bedroom." Keep it in your bedroom, the New York Times. <laughs> so, so says the New York Times. You know what? The, the other thing that your your story about the uh, the comment on the boxer tells me. Have you guys been watching the Olympics? No. I don't. Yeah, none of us. What's have that? Cable, I watched probably. I watched a Vox video about the triple axel. That's what I did. That's what, that's oh, where my yeah. life is. Didn't that just get uh, released? That just Didn't got triple axel. <laughs> No, yeah, but it got done for, like, the first time in competition, right? That nice American girl. That nice American girl popped off one of them triples. Um, That's awesome. Just like that Tonya Harding. But she didn't have to break anyone's knees to do it. Hey, Tonya Harding reference. Hey, topical. Hey. For, for those who are uh, listening oh on the podcast, God, Peter is d- dabbing now. He's, he's dabbing right now. <laughs> 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 I, this I podcast quit. has become. That's it. I'm oh done. no! 
And Evan has also, left. Also, I like how offended Evan was at a oh. reference to. Oh, Evan just zinged us with a dab. Evan this did is a just full, unlistenable full, full body dab. Full body medium. dab. Holy shit! That was a full, no, no. Uh, now Evan stood up and uh, he he's going for the full body dab. This hasn't been seen in the uh, Olympics before. He's uh, got the wide stance, the neck breaker, cacophony, and uh, he's he's coming Started into with it. the you know shoulder what? shuffle. Yep, yep. We're gonna see. Uh, yep, warming up, coming around the corner, the corner, turning on yeah, his now, edge. His strong shoulders allow him for him to shoulder shuffle for a much longer period of time than competitors with less uh, shoulder strength. Oh! And he pulled off the full body dab. Oh! And you see the strength and athleticism there. And, oh, he finishes with the arms akimbo flourish. Oh, oh and he's not done this yet. He has just never. did the double dab. Oh. Now, he still has 10 seconds left. Can he pull off the first triple dab since In? Tanya Harding? Whoa! Oh, my lord. And oh, he's and he down. He's down. Crowd. He's collapsed. Now, what will the judges do? He pulled off the first triple dab in competition okay. in 20 years, but he's fallen. He appears to have hurt himself, and, and the judges... Are deliberating. The judges are deliberating. So they've got the uh, the green on the first dab. It's uh, it's yellow on the second dab. They're still deliberating. The third dab is coming through. And they've still they've done it. He's done it. He's, <laughs> he's pulled an eighty six point four. A great score for this event. You know, this is really the finish of a long comeback for Evan Crockett, who memorably finished with the bronze in last year's games when he was expected to win. And we have him on the interview podium stand now. <laughs> Emotional time for you, Evan. Hey. Yes. <laughs> I what does it I mean to you to... Finish with the gold medal for the first time since that memorable injury. I knew, I knew I could dab. I always knew that I could dab. And I knew that my dad was looking down on me. Yep. Hashtag dad dab. <laughs> oh, and there is not a dry eye in the crowd. As we all remember, of course, and Evan's father, who before dabbing was a thing, was the greatest Macarena man in the Winter Olympics of 74. And uh, we're not going to forget Gregorio Crockett's contribution to pushing the sport to the next level. He was a great man, Evan, and he's raised a great son. And scene. Well, guys, I thought that uh, that was a great scene, um, and now we're going like... to wait for what the judges come back with. <laughs> oh shit! It's uh, green on the. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was a great that scene. A, about. Do you think that it's a, a really good idea to do a almost purely visual gag on yeah. our second episode? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. Our descriptions region. were so vivid. That yeah. if you were if you weren't seeing it, you're painted the picture in the back of your eyelids. If you close your eyes and you just play that back, go ahead. You know what, listeners, all four and a half of you, close your <laughs> eyes. Three, <laughs> including us three, who are gonna go listen to it later. Oh close, yeah, Absolutely. close your eyes. 
Well, first rewind 30 seconds back, then close your eyes, because rewinding yeah. while your eyes are closed might be hard. And yes. just listen to that. Visualize that based on our perfect description. You rewind oh, 30 seconds back to right after we finished the gag and started talking about it. <laughs> Visualize how that gag must have been and how we must have been feeling after pulling off yeah. something so brilliant, so hilarious, so dab. Yep, so dab. Oh. Hashtag <laughs> so dad dab. dab. Hashtag dad dab. All so, I wanted to say was yeah. that, okay, because I'm not watching the Olympics either, but those internet commenters who comment on like boxing videos like that or or are just totally like shitting all over people and their dreams and in, in these kinds of inspiring videos mm-hmm. i'm like i wish that i wish that those individual people could be would be like participating in the olympics along with these athletes you know what i mean <laughs> yeah totally so you just mean just to give everybody like a sense of like how difficult this shit, this shit is. Okay, so you know what o- I mean. Okay, so uh, America's top uh, figure skater uh, just went and f- uh, completed the first triple axel in history, and now we're gonna have Lucas, the guy who commented on the YouTube video, go ahead and give that a shot. Now, Lucas, he had about a week of training before coming here. Uh, he only attended three of those days because he spent about half of it smoking pot and uh, just watching YouTube videos, commenting. <laughs> <laughs> here he goes. Here he goes. All right. Luke, okay, he's he's down. <laughs> just, just immediately he's down. cannot balance and, on. And he's down. <laughs> um, it's it's funny that you guys should mention that because um, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to watch the NBA Celebrity All Star Game, which is on tonight. <laughs> but it's sort of an exact example of why no one wants to watch ordinary people perform a uh, competitive challenge. Um, it's what makes unless it worse it's, unless it's like reality TV, right? Right, and what makes it worse is that they never really get real celebrities. So the uh, <laughs> what's a, you know okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so like I mean, in uh, two two thousand eleven, which is what came up when I googled the rosters, and I'm too lazy to find this year's. <laughs> Wait, um, I don't even know who was famous in, the, in two thousand eleven. That's not fair. <laughs> All right, fine. In the celebrity All Star Game included uh, Nick Cannon, uh, Stranger Things teen star Caleb McLaughlin. Entourage's Jerry Ferrara, Chinese-Canadian actor Chris Wu, and Property Brothers star Drew Scott. Wait, 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 wait. rewind. Stranger yeah, you, Things... You are right. I don't know any of the those The Stranger people. Things person was in That's a 2011 thing? That, that must be wrong. It's saying... Oh, this was today. Okay, so that was this year's lineup. <laughs> wait, wait, that's oh, okay. today's roster? This today's roster for the Nick Celebrity Cannon, All-Star Game. My boy, Nick Cannon is playing today? <laughs> today. Uh, and they competed okay. against Team You're way Clippers. too excited about Nick Cannon. <laughs> it's because, when did you hear about Nick Cannon? 2002, my man. Like, wait, where's Nick Cannon? He's playing basketball today. Now we know. Oh, boy. <laughs> they, they competed I'm against really Team Clippers. I'm really glad Clip- that man is what came out after <laughs> I would. Ne- <laughs> I was really concerned. I was like, "There goes another one." <laughs> but, yeah. Go um, we've recorded about five podcasts. We just thrown away because Peter said things that were just way too across the line. Um, they played against Team Clippers, whose uh, team included a little bit better: Jamie Fox, um, rapper Quavo, uh, Arcade Fire singer Win Butler, uh, twelve-year-old child star. Miles Brown, Flea, 
and Orange <laughs> oh, is the New from- Black actress Daisha Polanco. Dude, Flea. Fleas, if if Flea well, no. Awesome. Okay, let's let's rewind. Nineteen nineties flea would would wash the floor with those people because he'd be on so much LSD <laughs> that he wouldn't even see people. He would see posts to easily avoid. He would crush them. LSD Jeez. makes you better at basketball. He'd crush them with uh, the left hand whoopsie and this then episode, with an elbow war. This episode of uh, Content Lacking is brought to you by LSD. LSD makes you better at basketball. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say really quickly, um, Nature Box is the number one provider of LSD to children. Sponsors, Nature Box. I'm not dropping this shit, sponsors. motherfucker. No. You're going to sponsor no. our shit, Nature Box. Every day. Sponsor us. You guys like how I'm slowly pulling my shirt up? For now, mm. there's part of my. You guys want to see my arm? Oh, there it is. You want to see my armpit? Mm-hmm. Hairless. Mm-hmm. Completely Help. hairless. I really wanted to see that. Yeah, thanks. Your face doesn't look like you wanted to I see know. that. No, it's radio. No one knows. I really wanted to see that. Oh. <laughs> I just really so wanted happy. to see you. Okay, well, that other team, I knew more names on that team. Jamie Foxx, Flea. I know that Arcade Fire is a band. (laughs) I I feel like that's a really good metric of how famous a band is, is whether if you were to name the members of that band without the uh, band as context, whether you would know that that person was in that band. So I have another comment. What if, instead of those three people, we had a three-person pickup game between a fox named Jamie, an actual flea, and it happened inside of an arcade that was on fire? This is fucking Um, genius, man. Yeah, so um, everybody knows that uh, foxes are weak against... You just, you, just no, you just negged yourself. I did. You just you just improv, like, broke the rule against yourself. So foxes are, uh, everyone knows they're weak against flying and psychic-type Pokemon. Uh, fleas are weak against uh, fire types, which is why I think that they would... Uh, flea would do pretty poorly in an arcade that was on fire. Yeah. However, yeah. fleas might be better the actual arcade game because those old school arcades operate with tubes so the flea can actually fly in between the tubes and stop the data from coming through uh, and redirect it so that it can win the game. Dude, that flea went right in that tube and stopped the data. Also, inside the tube, it's a vacuum with no air so the fire can't get in the tube. So as long as the flea stays inside the arcade tubes, it might win out. Mm. out. Also, it's a flying type which foxes are weak against. Yep. Yep. What's what type is fox? Are they normal? They're mammal Whoa. type. Normal. Well, normal is actually weak against flying. So mammal? foxes, Carnivores. according to Zootopia, which I watched last Animorphs. week, foxes oh. have faced a lot of uh, discrimination. Animorphs? Foxes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Wait. Well, why? Why foxes d- facing discrimination? According to Zootopia, which I watched last week, <laughs> like, oh, a, like yes. a grown adult a year and a half after it came out. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> movies that came out. This is Content Lacking, a podcast about movies that have been out on DVD for at least 1.5 years. But All no right, more than 2.5 years. But no more than DVD releases of 20. That is what's happening. No, 2016. 
2016 movie. So what does everybody think about Manchester by the Sea? I mean, I know Casey <laughs> Affleck has been in a lot of controversy and hot water lately, but my uncle lives in Manchester by the Sea. Actually true. And therefore, I think that it should get Best Picture from two years ago. Okay, wait. Can we talk about Casey Affleck? Is he actually basking in mystery? Was. That's what the movie's about, is him being basked in mystery. Was he, like, racist? Or what what happened with Casey Affleck? Is he a creep? He was some kind of mean man. Um, But uh, I forget which kind. Okay, I don't know. I'm just going to say, I don't know what Casey Affleck did. I have never liked that guy. Fuck you, Casey Uh, Affleck. And I don't want your sponsorship. Just fuck you. Sponsorship. So, this is pure, pure fuck you to Casey Affleck. Yeah, fuck Casey so Affleck. So, side note, let's do a little bracket on the lesser famous uh, siblings bracket. and famous sibling combos. Um, I think Casey Affleck clearly gets knocked out in the first round by Dave Franco. Um, <laughs> is there a better lesser sibling than Dave Franco? Okay, hey, wait, wait. You said better. You didn't say more famous. So I will Ooh. go with Donald Glover's brother who produced the music for the show Atlanta, which I don't think either of you have seen. We, uh, I have not seen it. Uh-huh. I don't know about Snacklin'. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Um, well, I as assume long as it's good. Everything that I've heard about it is that it's really good, and, and all the trailers for it have do have fantastic music. But Donald, so Donald Glover's brother is a music producer. He made the song the that was like the title song of the whole show, which is "I'm All About That Paper Boy." Yeah. Does he also work on the Childish Gambino stuff? I don't know. Probably. I mean, they're brothers. You think they have a bad relationship? <laughs> No, they have they have a good strong relationship. Have you have you do you guys have you seen his uh, stand up? Yeah, or, years ago. Or, or listen to his uh, his he was like a foster child. Or no, no, he was not a foster child, but his family like were foster right. parents. They okay, had I was going to say kids all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they had like they had kids running around all the time and and I think him and his brother really like well, they had to deal with a lot of a lot of different kinds of people coming through their house, right? So they they um, so let's just talk about some some of the standouts here of the most popular DVD and Blu-rays from 2016. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got Rise of the Legend. Is that the what one about owls? No. no. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? I do know what I'm talking. It's got legend in the name. There's a thing about what? owls called legend of the, owl, the like the legendary owl people. What the fuck was that movie? I I never saw it. I just only saw trailers for it. I appreciate that <laughs> this like, list of movies in 2016 top DVD sales doesn't appear to be in an order because I have not heard. Yeah, of I know. The finest hours, the fifth wave, or rise of the legend. I yeah, have heard I've, of the I've fifth wave seen... because my parents watch all of have watched all of these movies, but probably none of the blockbusters that came out that year. <laughs> Are you wait, <laughs> what? Why why is that the case? Because they're like we don't see popular movies but we see everything. <laughs> no, seriously, like I, really? it's uh well Oh, how old are your I, parents? Are you allowed to say? How old are them? I'm, I know. No, I get. I the they, Gestapo they don't allow preventing me from saying. What the shit balls? Um, okay, there we go. 
Are you uh, looking sorry, I had a little technical difficulty. Too? So, oh, okay, okay. my parents, it's not that they're anti-anything. It's that they don't discriminate based on, like, who's in the movie or who made the movie. They, they judge it strictly by how interesting the description is. Which is, like... Oh, amazing because they'll really? be like i just watched this movie have you seen it and i'm like no yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's called chumpy goes to the prison it's about a young man <laughs> I'm like what where'd you find that and they're like well it was like on the 80th page of netflix in the action section it was great I'm like what um <laughs> no seriously no, well, no i have that they order the netflix magazine in the mail it just has the oh, list geez. of all the movies. Yeah, That's kind of read impressive. Netflix I, I'm, I, I'm impressed by that in a weird way, and I don't really know why. Exactly. I guess it's just because they're so... That's so not jaded. Like, that's the ultimate hipster. I know. Yeah. Like, that's the ultimate in, in hipsterdom, where they're like, I, I don't even care who's... I don't care about the Rotten Tomatoes score. I don't care about the IMDb score. I don't care about, like, word of mouth. I, I just... <laughs> I just want to know... <laughs> what the description is and if that sounds interesting to me exactly which i think gosh that that puts a lot of pressure on the people who actually write those descriptions <laughs> because i think mo most of the time they just shit out something like jason Bourne. all right well it, especially for the really popular movies where they like they know that people are going to come see a fucking matt damon movie right so they're like matt damon's a spy <laughs> he's in uh, this time he's in uh, Dubai, so you better watch it. It's really weird how like, Sean Connery writes all those descriptions. Wait, 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 this is my favorite thing. Is that a Sean? <laughs> you better watch the. He's in Dubai this time. In this movie, Matt Damon is a very tiny man. He once was a very large man, and he's become tiny to accrue wealth in his new tiny form. Water bottles are like waterfalls. Did you guys see that movie? No. Wait, wait, wait. Pause, yeah. pause. Evan, I have a request. Please do Mission Impossible, but the same voice you did for the first Born movie. Go. All right, well, this is Thomas Cruise, and he's just gonna, he's just gonna walk up a building, I think. <laughs> he's got so sad the second time. <laughs> and he's gonna, he has. There's money. Uh, they spent a lot of money making this. He should probably watch it. <laughs> Do you guys what think if, that the description writers feel <laughs> like the candle makers of yore, who like trailer makers have just killed? Like maybe before trailers were good, which is like any time prior to like 2008. Um, like the description writers who wrote the back of the VHS were like pivotally important because right. you all remember going to Blockbuster yeah. and reading the descriptions and now yeah. they're like shit this doesn't matter like when they're going to spend two million dollars alone just making the trailer plus but that's why I think I think that's why I think that the people who write the descriptions for like less popular movies like the fifth wave or uh, uh, or Ryzen? I don't think I've heard of that one either. Triple Nine? Like, I bet they really put an extra oomph in, in these lesser-known movies, because they've got to get attention somehow. They can't afford the fucking Super Bowl ad space. They can't afford uh. to put an ad on, on every millennial's fucking Instagram. Like, oh. they can't they can't do that, so they, they've got to have the description somewhere, and you know wait, their wait, target wait, wait. fucking audience is? Their target audience is Madame and Monsieur de Paulo. Before before we start giving accolades to the guy who wrote or gal who wrote the description of the fifth wave, let me read it to you because okay. this gives you some perspective of 
what we're okay, talking right. about. Four waves of increasingly deadly alien attacks have left most of the Earth decimated. Cassie is on the run, desperately trying to save her younger brother. That's it. That's the description <laughs> on the box. But that's more inter. All right. Well, let, let me let me read you the description of fucking Deadpool. Okay, let's hear which it. Which was a huge, which was a huge hit. All right, and I'm gonna read it in my in my in that voice. Her Deadpool tells the origin story of former special forces operative turned mercenary Wade Wilson, who, after being subjected to a rogue experiment that leaves him with accelerated healing powers, adopts the alter ego Deadpool. Armed with his new abilities and a dark, twisted sense of humor, Deadpool hunts down the man who nearly destroyed his life. Wait, you just sound—you just sound bored, though. You can make anything bad if you just sound bored. You sound like one of those, like uh, you. No, you're right. You're Here's right. a much better example, though, I think, of what you're talking about in terms of just descriptions that don't say anything. Finding Dory welcomes back to the screen everyone's favorite forgetful blue tang Dory, who's living happily in the reef with Marlin and Nemo. Like, that doesn't tell you anything about yeah, the right. movie if you That's hadn't true. watched Finding Nemo. That's true. Well, but it, but if you click see more, you have when Dory suddenly remembers that she has a family might, who may be looking out for her. The trio takes off on a life-changing adventure across the ocean to California's prestigious Marine Life Institute. But that movie th- see, was this actually is all little... just product placement for the Marine Life Institute. <laughs> but have you been there? That shit's amazing. The place yeah, is cool. our podcast is sponsored by the Marine Life Institute. Have you ever felt dry for like a really long time and you need to just go <laughs> swim with some fish? Well, at the Marine Life Institute, they let you get all up in there with the fish. You can play with them. You can swim with them. You can take one home. Just tell them we sent you. Are you 60 years old? Is your marriage drying up? Well, just go ahead and spice it up by coming to the Marine Life Institute. People have rekindled their romances and renewed their vows on our beautiful vistas and our large fish tanks. (laughs) (laughs) The the selling point there was, they're large. We've got large fish tanks, small fish, fish and big hearts. (laughs) You should write the descriptions of movies, Mac. Yeah, wow. Large large fish tanks. What was it? Large fish tanks, small fish and big hearts. You should write the you should write the descriptions for Kevin Hart movies. Kevin Hart movies? Yeah. Why is Kevin Hart being put on blast? Because I want to I'm going to tell you and just if I can if I can just if I can just go ahead and just type some things in my computer and then right, uh yeah, them. because because central intelligence uh, the tagline is... Oh, yeah, the the Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie, right? A Little Heart and a Big Johnson. That's some writing right there. <laughs> oh. That is a king of descriptions. Oh, wait, sorry, guys. Heart. It had a bad design. There was white text on top of a yellow background that I, that I missed. It's not just a little heart and a Big Johnson. <laughs> it's saving the world takes a little heart and a Big Johnson. They didn't, ju- they didn't just say, this is who's in the movie in a pun. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of movies starring Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, I recently watched Jumanji the other day, um, yeah. which was uh, perhaps most notable for the fact that it makes no attempt to explain 
why Jumanji? Um, you know, there's a lot of entertaining moments in the film, and uh, you know, it was better than perhaps what I expected for a movie that basically just said, ah, fuck it, let's just put a bunch of famous people in here and kind of yeah. call it a day. But at the end of the film, you still kind of wonder, why was there some sort of ultra ancient force that could send people into a board game or a video game that could transform itself? But that, but, but that was the first movie too. Yeah, but we the first movie like we they didn't explain why for world building now. Not for family movies, <coughs> wait, my dude. Wait, guys, they don't care. Wait, check this out. <laughs> this is the most like this is the most corporate explanation though because they use the brand in the first sentence. In a brand new Jumanji adventure, four high school kids discover an old video game console and are drawn into the game's jungle setting, literally becoming the adult avatars they chose. Uh, come on, Evan, don't... Come on, man. Don't do that with the descriptions of the movies, man. That makes it sound <laughs> really bad. That's my I wanted to voice. get in on that, but I'm not as good at it. it. I sounded just like a drunk creep. (laughs) The best thing about the very topical... Just show me the gloves. I don't care how good she is. I just want to know where the gloves are. What? Oh, what are the you? Are boxing you? gloves. Oh. I'm, that, was, that was my terrible <laughs> callback. I thought you were trying to be like Johnny Cochran. OJ Simpson's sure. lawyer. <laughs> I will not. I will not. I will, I will not. not tell a lie. <laughs> I, I will not did do. not chop down that cherry tree. <laughs> I will not. Uh, yep. <coughs> we're just going to leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> We need um, a producer. <laughs> no, I got, we, we got it. I'm we got it. We're lacking. This is called Chad, Chad lacking. We got to say Hello, things. Hello, everyone. It's me, Jad Abumrad, the producer of Content Lacking. Now, today in Content Lacking, we're going to figure out, can the boys stay on topic? And if not, why and how Spoiler. could it Spoiler be fixed? Alert. And this is Jad Abumrad's clone. What the boys discover is that you don't just play Jumanji, you survive it. To beat the game and to return to the real world, these boys are going to have to go on the most dangerous adventure of their lives. And if they do, will they survive? And if they survive, will they enjoy themselves? I'm Jad I'm also Jad Appenwagon. And I'm such a clone. I'm a clone of the clone. I don't even know my own name about it. <laughs> but also, we need to make sure that we're not alienating the people who really like Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Or Jad Abenrod. Or Jad Abenrod. Or Jad Abenrod. And I think that everybody knows at the end of the movie, there's a thing playing. There's a song by a gun and a rose. And the gun and the rose were singing about welcoming to the jungle. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody feels nice and welcome here on the content lacking podcast. Boy, that I'm Judd Appenrod. <laughs> that last so, Judd Appenrod clone. <laughs> boy, boy, Judd Appenrod clone like, three. It's a copy of a copy of a copy. Um, <laughs> you lost a few genes. Now, perhaps the way we fix this problem, guys, is if we have Judd Appenrod read all of the movie descriptions for fairness. Yep. And so I, I leave you guys with this. His mission: defend China from a marauding spirit. 
His weapon, kung fu. His crew, pandas. Clumsy, goofy pandas. (laughs) (laughs) I want that so bad. I want Jad Abenrod to sell out by just, like, he's like, this NPR podcast is sponsored by Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> will he... <laughs> will he survive? I can't even do it. Will he survive with the help of his friends? We'll find out with these silly Kung Fu Pandas. <laughs> it's like, just, that'd be great. I watch the shit out of any, anything. And I, sometimes, for breakfast... I go out to my backyard and I just go to a tree and I take the leaves off the tree and put them in a bowl and I cover it with Ovaltine. Janet, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to The evil is Jet Up and Rod. What are you doing, Jet Up and Rod 3? Get those tree leaves out of that bowl. Why are you putting Ovaltine on the tree leaves, Jet Up and Rod 3? No, Jet Up and Rod, don't do it. The world's too valuable. There's too many conversations to watch. He's 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 the Steve Carell from fucking Anchorman. He just there's there's no there's no there's no content. You could almost say there's content, content lacking. All right, that was good. That was a good closer. Are, are we? Are we? Do you think we're done? I mean, this is definitely going in it, but yeah, we're fucking done, son. <laughs> Macklin, Macklin said a few minutes ago, "Hey, I'm gonna have to leave you guys because my Postmates is here." Did you leave? <laughs> yeah, I've been. I, I left my clone in this place. Wait, my. My Postmate is facing Los Angeles traffic. Postmates um, is like a pen pal, right? <laughs> yeah, my, po- my pen pal just wrote to me, and I, I really feel bad if I don't mail out a response on Saturday evening while we're recording this before a postal holiday on Monday. One last thing. What if, what if like, someone, you were talking to them, and you know how people are like, it's kind of okay now? I don't like this, but it's kind of okay now to just be like, oh, hold on one second. got to finish this text. Blah, 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 blah. Someone's like, oh, hold on one second. I just, I just got my mail. <laughs> Let me reply. <laughs> Let me draft a, a letter right now. Can you just wait, like, 15 minutes? I'm going to draft the letter <laughs> hold on this quill is still wet so hold on just just 15 15 to 20 minutes hold on well what would also be great would be if mail was delivered to you like a text notification or you're just standing on the street and guys just keep running up to you with envelopes and you're just like oh shit okay like thanks that's that's uh, the next fucking startup is like we are renovating the snail mail one of the oldest ways of communicating. Getting snail mail is so slow. We've taken the services economy and applied it to the regular mail service. We'll track your GPS through your phone, find you wherever you are, and deliver within 24 hours. Guaranteed. You know, I have to admit that uh, I came really close to on Valentine's Day or when my girlfriend and I were celebrating Valentine's Day, hiring like a multiple task rabbits to like bring Valentine's cars cards to her. Valentine's cars how, like wait, Valentine's yeah, cars like the cars. lime blue Jeep that like we got here in the studio, <laughs> uh, bringing lime blue cards to her. And then I realized how creepy that would be to just have like three random people while I was with her just like show up in a public place with cars <laughs> also I, now we all have an idea of how well uh, how well that that firm is doing Macklin good job 
then you can even yeah, entertain you know, the idea of being like, I want to hire multiple task rabbits <laughs> to pester me throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I had a similar situation. I was uh, I was sitting at dinner and uh, just a regular date night with my girlfriend, and I looked down at my phone and I was like. You know, I haven't hired a mariachi band to play live music to her in a few yeah, minutes. Um, I think I'm gonna hire a mariachi band right now through my phone. Hey, just looking. Hey, just looking for a nice mariachi band to join in on a date with me and my girlfriend. You know, we took we took Uber here because I thought you know we might have a couple of drinks, but uh, you know, to get home. I mean, it's, you know, the weather is good and everything. I'm just going to hire a hot air balloon real quick. Hold on. Let me just... Let me just write a letter and order it. What's the yeah, name of the... Use, what's, what's the name of the hot air balloon startup, which is on-demand hot air balloons? Lunacy. <laughs> oh, balloonacy. Okay, all right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 guys. Red balloonacy. No? Oh, I thought we were... We were, guys, 99% guaranteed red balloon <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, All right. Bye.